Dear Nick, I hope you are well and in good health. Congratulations on your recent house move. Uh, did you realize that we were supposed to be recording the Big Finish podcast today? It's now, um, let me see, uh, the 19th of July, 2020. And Big Finish's listeners are expecting us. Oh, and uh, there are some robots who need attending to. What are you doing? I understand. Wait a minute. Get, get off me. You will come with me. Let her go. That's an order. Dear Benji, yes, I do realise we are supposed to be recording the Big Finish podcast, but my internet service provider has only given me a temporary mini-hub whose internet connectivity is comparable to that of two tin cans held together with a piece of string. Therefore, direct communication between us is not currently possible. I would therefore ask that you record your correspondence with me and I will seamlessly edit our correspondence together. Dear Nick, I'm already recording our correspondence. That's how you're hearing it now. Dear Benji, ah, oh, yes, of course. How silly of me. In that case, would you remind the listeners that coming up in this podcast are the following items. Reviews, Torchwood Iceberg, Behind the Scenes, The Robots 2, listeners' emails, uh, the Randomoid Selectatron, where you get 25% off a big finish release that's randomly selected. And a drama tease of 15 minutes from the beginning of The Robots 2, Robots of War, by Roland Moore. Dear Nick, I would, uh, as per your wishes, remind the listeners of this. But since you've just recorded yourself reminding the listeners of what's coming up in the podcast, I do feel that there is little point. Might I suggest that we proceed with the Big Finish Reviews? Dear Benji, I am obliged to you, sir, of course. I am a fool. An old fool. Dear Nick, I, uh, brother, uh, an old fool. <laughs> Touchwood, my quill. Uh, and now, uh, the reviews. Uh, this week, we are talking about Torchwood Iceberg. Yeah, hello. Hello. L look, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm very tired, so... Hello, Harper. Who's this? From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood Iceberg. They're all in comas, Owen. Do you know how many coma patients there are in the UK at any given time? About 400. Total. And you've got 40 of them in this hospital. So, who is she? Her name's Lucy Shepherd. Came in this morning. Drowsiness keeps passing out. She started getting worse, and I just can't figure out why. Ella! 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 Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. She's vividly hallucinating her dead sister. Now you tell me. Big finish. We love stories. I'll tell you one thing. Whatever this is, it's not human. Dear Benji, I will now advise the listeners how to find Iceberg on the BigFinish.com site. 
Dear Nick, if I may be so bold as to interrupt you there, I must point out that I'm sure the listeners can already work it out for themselves that they should go to bigfinish.com and type iceberg into the search pane at the top. Uh, Perhaps you might be kind enough to remind the listeners of what the search pane is. Dear Benji, many thanks. Yes, I believe it has a sort of um, raffia base and is located at the top of the website page with a small uh, magnifying symbol beside it. Dear Nick, uh, I believe you are correct. In the meantime, I suggest that we follow the usual pattern of reading out the reviews of this production uh, one after another. Uh, Here is the first review. Uh, Coldbox.co.uk says, Grace Knight's impressive script blends a cleverly crafted thriller with some sharply written dialogue. The metaphor of the story's title is also deftly woven into the plot's gradual reveal. It's part of what positions Iceberg very much as the serious, hard sci-fi end of the Torchwood continuum. Through a tale that does not flinch from depicting the darker moral ambiguities of the team's work. One, two, three, four, four and a half stars, that is. SciFiBulletin.com says Bern Gorman, Maya Saroya and Lowry Walton rise to the challenges of the script with Scott Hancock's direction ensuring that key pieces of information are always clear, even if the audience don't understand the relevance at the time. Ian Meadows' sound design and Blair Mowat's score back these up, never becoming intrusive over the drama. A gripping piece of drama that peels away some of Owen Harper's protective layers. Nine out of ten. Uh, I'd just like to apologise. Um, as some of you may have realised, I've uh, moved house because I was uh, posting all those pictures of kissing my shed goodbye, um, which sounds weird. Uh, and and it's even more noisy, this place, although I really like it, but there's a lot of seagull activity. Anyway, over to you, Benji. IndieMacUser.co.uk says Torchwood Iceberg is an excellent hour of character drama exploring a character at an early point in his development to great effect and one that doesn't need much prior knowledge to fully enjoy. 9 out of 10. BlogToWho.com says Owen's life is a sad mixture of heartbreak and horror so it makes perfect sense that those are the two elements that combine to make this story. This detailed character study is refreshing. The mystery is engaging. This audio is a must-listen for fans of Owen Harper and a fantastic addition to Big Finish's Torchwood stories. Massmovement.co.uk says, As a ticking clock mystery, Iceberg works well. As a study in the character of Owen Harper, it works even better. The writing's pin sharp, for all the situation it creates is impressively mysterious for most of the runtime. The performances from the three cast members are joyously jagged. Owen reacting to the intrusion from his past and the problem in front of him instinctively but never easily. As a whole, if you've not heard Iceberg, you've missed out on a rich, cold, sharp, sweet, sour, and bang-to-right slice of Owen Harper's life. Uh, Don't do that to yourself. Give Iceberg a listen now. DoctorWhoWatch.com, the famous uh, 
Doctor Who watchmakers, say Big Finish has given us some truly great tortured stories so far this year and Iceberg is no exception. Dark, tragic and a great exploration of a key Torchwood member. It's another easy story to recommend. On to our friends on the Twitter sphere. Uh, at Rob Cope says, Dipped my toe into Iceberg, the latest tortured audio. Uh, Bern Gorman is on fine form as Owen Harper in this well-written tale. Uh, Gracie Rocket, uh, all is not what it seems when Owen goes to help a fellow doctor at the local hospital. Check it out at Big Finish. At Jones Torchwood says, just finishing listening to At Big Finish's Iceberg, highly recommended. Oh, how I've missed Owen Harper and his snark. He is brilliant, isn't he? Jutta Sherlock says, hashtag Torchwood Iceberg is another chilling, sad and brilliant piece. Uh, very much centred on its characters and especially exploring Owen and his time before Torchwood. Uh, great audio play at Big Finish, at Scott Hancock, at Gracie Rocket, at Burn Gorman. Dear Benji, I should remind listeners that next week, when hopefully my internet connection is working properly, we'll be talking about Doctor Who, short trips, regeneration impossible. Time now to go behind the scenes with this week's exciting release, The Robot 2, starring Nicola Walker and Claire Rushbrook with Pamela Salem and the late, great David Collins. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Robots. Hello, I'm Ken Bentley and I have directed The Robots. Um, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. And over to you. Haldor hasn't had a war in years. That sounds like a lot of sitting around waiting. I'm sure they're training continuously. <laughs> yes, that's right. We have to be prepared. A sleeping army is a dead army, as they say. 2.1, the robots of war. An interesting story. Um, what we've tended to do with this series is try and steer away from what the robots of death did on television, that thing of the kill the humans, chasing people down corridors and killing them. We'd wanted to explore a little bit more the idea of technology and the future and what technology means for humanity, really. But having said all that, I wanted to do at least one episode where we had a good old robots attacking humans and being threatening story. And we gave that to Roland Moore and he did a lovely twist on it. I'm Roland Moore and I'm the writer of The Robots of War. Obviously it sort of has parallels to Robots of Death, not least in the title. And the decision was taken really sort of to move away from what Robots of Death did. So this is the sort of one concession to that really where we do revisit a situation, a base under siege, where the people can't get out. And it was great to have that opportunity to do the sort of the greatest hit really, you know. He said this was inspired by an article he read in a science magazine about AI and warfare. And I think it's been a really interesting topic to discuss within the framework of this series. So I read an article in, um, I think, something like Intelligent Life about AI and how it was used in the military. And um, one of the things that sort of the US were sort of trying to pioneer was the approach of evaluating life on different scales. So in a battle situation, uh, a robot would perhaps save a high-ranking officer at the expense of letting low-ranking officers die. And that, that sort of fascinated me, the, 
well, the immorality of that, really. And so that was the basis of my story, really, which is chillingly fact. Wherever you push the story in whatever direction you go in, it's always going to come down to this question of AI at the moment, isn't it? And how you can, if and how you can program something to, to respond in, in certain situations, the ethical ramifications of that. I am Nicola Walker and I play Liv Chenka. I'm Claire Rushbrook and I play Tula Chenka. If you try to press the deactivation switch, I will remove the limbs of MedTech Chenka. No! Oh, oh, it's not joking! Stop! Please! Oh, look what's happening, Garland! They're going to kill my sister! You don't want that, do you? It was interesting because you're not having to manufacture the nemesis or the evil uh, villain character because the robots are not behaving for uh, subjectively evil reasons. Mm. They're programmed. It's from programming and then from from them learning on top of that programming. And there's that brilliant thing that Stephen Hawking said not long before he died, saying the problem with AI is that they will learn so much faster than humans ever can. And And we've got to get it right first time and i don't know as humans we've rarely got any technology any advancement right first time yeah that's great and that's those robots aren't it is what it's it's as they've been programmed Mm. in that in that story but then they're learning on top Mm. really quick Mm. my name is homer toddywaller and i play rax heron how long have you been here 14 months so you must be what nearly ready to graduate yeah well if my overall score is 85% or above, otherwise I'll probably end up working in a factory. At least you won't get shot at. Not like most med techs. Mm, a lot of people say that. I initially thought he was a lot more like, hi, oh, I'm Rax here, like, you know, a lot more gritty and a lot more army ish. Until I started to realise that no, there's there's an actual innocence and a softness and a youngness to this that a naivety has to come through because you don't really hit that place in your life until you get much older. But also Rax is somebody who keeps saying, and he mentions it many times, you know, robots are here to help us. Robots are here to benefit our lives. So that's actually a very similar way to how I feel and how I think. You know, we have robots and machines that do microscopic and nano surgery that a human hand or eye could never do. So it was important to have that element with Rax where, okay, I understand what the robots are doing is gonna kill us, but also there's something that's a bit of joy towards that, I feel, where it's like, well, I've been saying that these are here to help us, now you can see their real power where they're not just helping us, they're trying to get rid of us to help someone else. And uh, I think that is an interesting journey because you know you start as somebody who really likes robots, feels that we should use them, and now they're trying to kill you and they're trying to do all sorts. So that's a, that's a very clear character journey to follow, which is, is nice as an actor to have a clear character arc and a journey. My name is Silas Carson and I'm playing Captain Garland Roche. And a computer voice as well. It's a lot of fun. It's really fun doing robot voices and computer voices. It's a totally different kind of discipline. Yeah, I love doing this. As you heard, it is too late to reinstate the air supply, Captain Roche. What? What have you done? It's quite interesting to, you know, have first read the script because this is a man whose mind is 
breaking down, you know. And as soon as I read that, I had that little kind of twist in the gut of fear that an actor has when, you know, when you're doing something that is a stretch for you, because I am ordinarily in life quite a stable person. So it's, you know, really fun to kind of go to that place where you're playing somebody who is essentially, is extremely vulnerable. Recording this episode yesterday was quite a riot. We have numerous outtakes and giggles. None of which we can use in on CD extras. None of which we can use on CD extras, but I think Nicola ended up basically cowering in a corner giggling to herself, didn't she? I can't quite see both of them all the time from where I am in the control room, but uh, every now and then I, I just see one of them in the corner desperately trying not to look at the other one. I am very happy to be in this world and I suppose it was a world that I didn't know so much about or go to, you know, but now, no, definitely. I've always thought that sci-fi very quietly is a genre that is asking very relevant, pertinent questions disguised as fantasy. So I've I've always liked sci-fi, but... I didn't know a massive amount about the, the, the Who world in particular when I first arrived. And I remember all of you being terribly kind because I sat for my first interview shaking because I thought, God, I, you know, I watched it when I was a child for a bit. And my, my doctor was... Um, Tom Baker, right? Tom Baker, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and that was about it. I didn't really have anything to bring to the, to the conversation. But then over the years... I get more and more drawn in because of what the stories that the, your writers are tackling. Mm. They are re- inc- incredibly relevant, and it's conversations that, you know, un- underneath the mask of uh, future and sci-fi, they're asking incredibly relevant questions. And if you type the robots too into the search pane at bigfinish.com, you know, search pane, it's uh, raffia base. Uh, you can find this rather lovely release, or indeed catch up with the first series entitled The Robots. Coming up soon, we tease you with the first 15 minutes of Robots of War, episode one of The Robots 2 by Roland Moore. But before that, it's time for listeners' emails. Can anyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? Go back to Voga. Um, And take your handkerchief with you. (laughs) It's working. I've got it to work. Oh, fantastic. That's great, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? Whenever whenever the internet goes, we sort of regress into this weird Victorian archetype, don't we? It's it's very strange. Yes, dear Benji. (laughs) (laughs) And then when it comes out, uh, none of us can even spell the word Victorian. It's very strange. But luckily we're here just in time, Nick, because it is time for the emails. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know, I know. So... I suppose I'll kick it off. If you want to email (laughs) us, it's so simple. You don't even have to write us a letter. Um, Providing you've got a working internet connection, you can send your emails (laughs) to podcast at bigfinish.com. It's so simple. You whack that in the address thing, and you write your email, and you send it off, and it appears in a matter of seconds in our inbox. And that's exactly what's just happened with this first email from Michael House. Now, the uh, subject of this one is in the house, uh, Patrick Allen. Subject of this one is more questions, more answers. Which sounds like the title of a uh, New Scotland Yard episode, doesn't it? You can imagine that (laughs) on there. More questions, (laughs) more answers. That bloke from, uh, who was in everything, what's his name? Um, John Woodvine. That's it, yes. That's it, yeah. Uh, To whom it may concern, 
Here are my answers to the latest questions from the Big Finish podcast. Number one, my favourite current Sherlock Holmes stories are as follows. Short story, Silver Blaze, The Importance of Missing Information. Novel, mm. The Sign of Four. Uh-huh. Honourable mention, A Study in Scarlet. I was reading that the other day, actually. Were you? Yeah, I was you enjoying su- it? No, I am enjoying it. I'm really surprised by how small the book actually is. I was expecting It's a novella. It to- yes. Yeah, yes. it's very, very good, though. Um, and Big Finish original, The Master of Blackstone Grange. Well, that's ah, classic, that one, isn't it? That was Bless the last one we did. Holmes? Holmes, stay yourself. We have a case. Once you are ready... Pray tell me your tale. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange. One evening, when I was hurrying home, I happened to pass by a flower cellar. You want to buy some flowers? For your wife or for your sweetheart? And so, with this blushing young flower cellar, you fell hopelessly in love? I did, sir. Remarkable, isn't it? Mr. Holmes, sir. My wife has disappeared. When did it happen? Five days ago. Now, when Jim Sheedy first came to this little town of ours, he arrived from England without capital and without means. With his discovery in the desert, Honest Jim's made us all rich. Before I came here tonight, I was given some news. Out in the desert, it's seen that there's been a problem. Someone's got out. If they find someone to listen, would have quite a pretty tale to tell. My dear Watson, will you accompany me in the morning? And will you give me your word that you will investigate the disappearance of the barber's wife? Yes, yes, yes. The answer to every one of your questions is yes. Very well. Here you are, Mr. Holmes. Ah, oh, thank you. Must be something important, sir. I am to be the bearer of news which shall cause my brother no small amount of anguish. Genevieve? Genevieve, what's happened? There's a face at the windows. Watson, come with me. We must investigate at once. There you are, my darling. Don't call me that. You've got 20 seconds to remove yourself from my sight, as I make sure you don't walk for a week. Big finish. We love stories. Yeah, there's scripts for new ones, um, you know, in the pipeline. Oh, that's so. exciting. you Sherlock Holmes fans. Oh, you Holmesians. Uh, number two here is um, my Indeed. all-time favourite Jerry Anderson series is Thunderbirds. <laughs> uh, a boring choice, perhaps, but I must no. be honest with myself. My favourite audio adaptation is Terror Hawks Volume 3. Get for its in. thoughtful inquiry into the implications of some of the premises of the series. Mm. Honourable mention uh, to the Big Finish adaptation of Space 1999 Breakaway. <laughs> oh, thank you, Michael. Breakfast. In the house. Uh, number three, leaving aside Captain Jack and Captain John, who are in a class by themselves, yes. my favourite tortured characters from the TV series are Yanto and Reese. And from Big Finish, it's Sergeant Andy Davidson or oh, yeah. and the new Yvonne Hartman. Honourable uh, mention is Billis Manger. Oh, Good yes. old Billis with the, the scary, very scary, scary. scary dagger. <laughs> Sincerely, small, Michael's small house. Attachment. 
Tokyo, Japan. Thank you. Oh, there's a PS here. I love a PS. Uh, oh. PS, uh, before I forget again, congratulations to Nick Briggs and everyone else who worked on The Human Frontier. Oh. A smart, challenging story with intriguing characters and situations. As well as no simple resolutions, it continues to be thought-provoking long after it ends. I look forward to what happens next. Indeed, in The Human Frontier Series 2, which I'm writing now. Right, uh, sorry, I'm writing it now. Let me just get my pen. Just... Oh, I've got some tea. I forgot I had some tea. I bet it's pretty cold now. I haven't seen you sip that since we started Luke, chatting. Lukewarm, lukewarm. Oh. But it's, it's in a mug with a, with a Spitfire Luke and a warm. Wellington bomber on it. So it's <sighs> Next up, uh, from Sarah Patton, or Payton maybe. I don't know, P-A-T-O-N. I, I would either. say... I would say Peyton, but who knows? Could be, could be. Anyway, Sarah, thank you for writing in. Tenth Doctor Adventures feedback. Hello. I don't know if anyone will read this. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Uh, But I just wanted to send a quick message to say thank you in capital letters. Marvellous. I was a big fan of Doctor Who as a teenager through Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant's era. And owing to lockdown, ended up rewatching series one to four in March. Yeah. I've rewatched those actually. I did a bit I of tried... rewatching as well. Yeah, it's only there, isn't it? it? Has to be done. I tried to. Are we Doctor Who fans or not? Of course. Uh, I tried to drag it out for as long as possible, but inevitably the end came, and my heart was shattered again. I did a bit of googling as I remembered listening to the Stone Rose narrated by David, in the hopes of coming across stories I hadn't heard before. I'm very embarrassed now to say that I had no idea Big Finish existed. Listen, Sarah, there's no shame in that. I absolutely am always telling everyone a big finish that there are still loads of people who just don't know about us and there's still a big trumpet to blow. I'm speaking metaphorically. There's no actual trumpet. Uh, But I'm so glad I found you. Uh, Oh, there is a trumpet. Uh, So far, I've listened to volumes one to three of the Tenth Doctor Adventures and I honestly am struggling to find words to say how much I appreciate each one of these stories. Oh, thank you, Sarah. That is beautiful. Uh, Donna and Rose were both my absolute favourite companions. And I must say, I cried a stupid amount hearing Catherine and Billy's voices again. Yeah, it was great having them in the studio. Uh, There was that episode. uh, What was it? Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, It was written by James Goss. Do you know in the first uh, I know the series? one you're talking about. Yeah, but, and um, Catherine's performance in that. Death and the Queen, is it? Death and the Queen. What a fabulous piece of Doctor Who that is. And Catherine's performance in it was amazing. Because on the surface, it seems like it seemed like a very frivolous story. And there are loads of hilarious things in it. But, I mean, really, it was very, very moving. Anyway, uh, enough of me. Uh, it's amazing how they slid back into those roles after so many years anyway. Well, as I said to Billy at the time, I said, we got people in their 70s playing their 20-year-old selves. Uh, she had, no, really? Yeah. And I love how you truly captured their relationships with the Doctor through the writing, particularly Donna. I was in stitches on more than one occasion. Yeah, it's just great. We've got a bunch of great writers doing brilliant work. I'm so proud of them all i'm currently waiting for my bank accounts for a cover <laughs> before purchasing the dimension canon series you're gonna love it but i'm extremely excited to listen i was wondering whether you had any other projects planned with billy and david nothing on the slate at the moment but there's a lot with david tennant coming up which you may have heard mention of already i also downloaded the short trips featuring the metacrisis doctor and loved them camille kajuri is fabulous i didn't realize how much i'd miss jackie she is amazing camille is a lovely human being and a brilliant actor uh, it's so wonderful to get a glimpse into pete's world i wished for this 
for so many years post journey's end wow i hope that maybe we'll get more someday a girl can dream she says apologies for the long email wasn't that long actually but thank you again You've all made the last four months of shielding a lot more bearable and reawoken my love for Doctor Who. All the Aww. best, Sarah Payton, I'm going to say this time. That is such a lovely email. Thank you. That's warmed the cockles of my heart and the cockles of those seagulls you can hear in the background. <laughs> I'm Shut really up. excited as well, Sarah, because you've got such a huge journey ahead of you. You've wow. you've not even touched the tip of the iceberg yet. Believe me, there's so much Doctor Who for you to enjoy, and I'm so glad mm. that you've, you've found us. Welcome. Welcome to the gang. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, and finally, um, we've got one here from Jeanette Stent. Uh, the subject of this one uh, is podcast Sunday 12th Hello, of July Dear Nick and Benji I think finally I might have correctly identified the deliberate mistake um, when Nick um, started reading the reviews of the third Doctor Adventures volume 6 he was listing the cast and who they were playing and he said Winston Churchill who is as ever Churchill uh, hoping I'm right this time no, there wasn't a deliberate mistake. And also, that was just from a review. And it just said in the review, Winston Churchill is, as ever, Churchill. Yeah, it should say Ian McNeese, shouldn't it, really? But I think they're saying, well, he's just Churchill. Uh, the real mistake was that I said the Third Doctor Adventures Volume 8, and it was Volume 6. That's my eyesight for you. An 8 and a 6 can look pretty much the same when, you're, when you can't see like me. Winston Churchill, who is, as ever, Attlee. Um, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. Um, whilst I'm here, um, I might as well answer the questions that Nick posted Go on. a few podcasts ago. One, how do you listen on the app, which is totally brilliant, and I couldn't live without it. Well, neither could we. I love having everything at my fingertips and ear things. Ear things. It's good on a, it's good on a journey. Not that we've been able to do many journeys, but it is good on a journey. Um, mm. Number two, have you recently changed to downloads? Not recently. Changed uh, totally to downloads when the app came along. Uh-huh. I was running out of space for CDs anyway. Christ. Well, likewise, likewise. I didn't open my cupboard for fears I've of I've got a whole everything. load of sound effects <laughs> CDs and things just over there. Just out of shot, Benji. Yeah. Can, you, can we hear them? Uh, no, because I can't reach them. They're, in the, they're on the landing. Oh, the Because, you know, I'm land. not in the shed anymore. I'm in a new... New, new environment, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that at some some point. Uh, number three, uh, what is your favourite non-Doctor Who range? Uh, I've loved all of the Big Finish originals. I love Blake Seven, Star Cops, Callan, Time Slip, Captain Scarlet, the Classics range, and the new Dracula stories. All brilliant. I also really enjoyed uh, the Pathfinder Legend series too. Mm-hmm. So thank you, thank you. Thank you uh, for it all, and for all those stories yet to come. I might be a tiny bit obsessed. Uh, Jeanette Stent, sent from the office of General Montgomery. <laughs> right on. I believe he was a field marshal eventually, wasn't he? Oh, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've been it all. I've, I've seen it all and done it all. Um, that's it, actually, for emails this week, but there are plenty more where that came from. Until next time. Keep your email, email, email. It was going so well until email, I said email. You spoke speaking in worse lease. Email, 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 zip. No, email. Emails coming. Email, 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 zip. Podcast at bigfinish.com. <laughs>
<laughs> well, coming up very soon, our 15-minute drama tease of The Robots 2, Robots Wait, of War robots. by Roland Moore. But first, time for us to give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It's for the Radavoid Selectatron. It's the mine. Let's have a look. Um, do we want the random word generator? It's going to pop well, up, on, isn't it? Say, um, yeah. Random word today is <laughs> rack. <laughs> Rack. Yeah, it's obviously referring to CD rack, isn't it? Clearly. Oh, obviously, obviously, obviously. I mean, that's the first thing that we think, isn't it? Um, oh we've Sorry come in here with four point four Doctor Who Companion Chronicles, uh, the Pyralis effect. I think it's Pyralis. I'll say that again. 4. No, no, no. I, oh. I, it's fine. Well, there we go. Then Pyralis. How do you spell it then? P Y R A L I S. Just the one now. I don't know, there it could, be, are, it could be either, really, couldn't it? It is Pyralis, because I remember... Um, let me just listen to the trailer. From Big Finish Productions. To who? Chronicles. Oh, it's really funny. It says Pyralis effect with a funny <laughs> voice, so you can't quite tell whether it's saying Pyralis or Pyralis, but I think it's Pyralis effect. I think I, I, think I probably said Pyralis... And they had to correct it. In the tra- anyway, here is the trailer. I was listening to it personally, but here you go. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles. The Pyralis Effects. Hello? Is there anybody there? This computer holds the DNA templates for a thousand people, human beings. It's designed for growing clones. We were sent to find a man called the Doctor. A man from our history who saved our colony once before from a terrifying alien invasion. Doctor! Doctor! I think it's time to wake up now! Restrain her, Holt. She's clearly hysterical. No, you've got it all wrong! You'll set them loose! What are you doing? Saving you! We need to find the Doctor. Yes, now more than ever. Who are you? What do you want? Doctor! We shall illuminate you. We shall illuminate you all. This is by George Mann, an author of some note uh, in the neighbourhood, starring Lala Ward and Jess Robinson, who's a brilliant actor. Lala Ward is too, but Jess is uh, less. But Jess is uh, an impersonator. You know? Have you yeah, seen I reckon. I reckon. I just say uh, I recognise her face as well. Re- 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 yeah. So, and there's a picture of the two of them together, looking. Lana's looking not so serious as Jess. Jess is looking like you're standing on my foot. Uh, so you get you get twenty five percent off that, and the way you get the twenty five percent is that you go to the Big Finish website, you press the podcast section, and you find the latest podcast, and in the text there it says read more, have a look. It says the Randomized Electrotron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected releases. Just click here. The word here is emboldened. Click it and enter the code BUCKUP. B-U-C-K-U-P. All capital letters, no spaces. And you just enter that code. And then you get your 25% discount on the Pyralis Pyralis What's that ping again? Sorry. It was a ping. Who's who's pinging me now? I bet it's Jamie Anderson. Yeah, it is. 
Right. Thank you. That is what I needed to know. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there we go. Thanks, Ran. Uh, always a pleasure. Never a pain. Never a pain, is it? Never a pain no, of never. glass. Um, sadly, it's time for us to say goodbye in the style of a Caldor robot. Goodbye. That was very good, actually. I quite like that one. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Goodbye. What does he say, um, D84? Goodbye, my friends, or something. I think you're completely. I think you're completely correct. I did a great, um, a great big finish with the Caldor robots. It was one of the Eighth Doctor recent ones. Uh, It was very good. Robots in a hands breaking through the bottom of a lift. Very good. Very good. Very scary. John Dorney doing great, great job with the voices as well. Oh yeah, he does great robots. How did you make the noise of the hands coming through the bottom of the? uh, Lots of, lots of metal breaking, a little bit of tin foil, and lots of hitting things and doing stuff. And ow! Yeah, obviously, not my skin. That would be that'd be the, a very I was soft say, lift. Yeah, but, but you know, yeah. hitting hitting various. I, I might have used my cajon actually, which is a big wood, a big wooden box. That if you oh if you, yeah, it's a if you tape thing. if you tape stuff down to it, it it works as quite a good surface. It's got springs inside, so you get the metal as well. Mm. Very boring. You heard it here, folks. Nice inside story there. And while we're away, why not entertain yourselves with The Robots 2 Robots of War by Ronan Moore? The first 15 minutes or so, absolutely free. Territory! We need help! <sighs> this is Private Heron requesting field assistance! Do you copy? This is SV-22. What assistance can I provide? We're trapped in zone... Uh, zone 14! We're trapped in zone 14! Under enemy fire! This is Captain Rush. The only way out is northwesterly. Copy? Copy, Captain Rush! You're only four clicks from our base. Oh, that's brilliant! SV-22 is assessing for hazards. Intel reports there are multiple hazards between your position and the base. What hazards? There is a magnetic minefield. What are you talking? We've lost connection. Without my guidance, they are on their own. Well, let's hope they remember their training then. We've got to ditch our weapons. What? And anything made of metal. They are magnetic mines. They can still go off if we step on them. But at least they won't activate because of any metal. Okay. Don't forget your belt. Oh, and now what? It just looks like a wasteland. 
They're always laid out in a pattern under the surface. I don't remember the layout. It's either a 428 formation or a 326. So, this should be a safe space in either formation. I hope you're right. Go exactly where I'm stepping. Exactly! Okay, okay. Okay. Now then. Rox. Oh, one of them's activated. There must have been a different formation. Oh. Run! Report SV-22. I am sorry to report Cadet Private Heron and Cadet Private Cal are casualties of war. Uh, send condolence videos to their next of kin, SV-22. See? That's what would happen, Cadet Heron. How does it feel to die on the battlefield? Not very good, sir. Cadet Cal? Lousy. I made a mistake, sir. What should you have done differently? Learned all the possible mine formations. And you should have waited and re-established contact with SV-22. I could have helped you navigate the layout of the mines. SV-22 could have helped you. These robots may not be able to fight for us. Damn shame if you ask me. But they can provide a huge level of intel and support. Sir. Get cleaned up and ready for the next exercise. And cadets? Sir. Sir. Don't die next time. Just one moment. I'm just finishing this patient report. Oh, what's another word for malingering? Dodging. Shamming. Faking. Shirking. Faking. Got it. Now I'll come back to triage with you. You are not required. It is your specified rest break. Oh, it finished two minutes ago. I'm back on duty. What's been happening? Currently, we are processing 48 patients in triage. Of these, I require your second opinion on six of them. Let's have a look. Okay. Yep, yep. Right calls. Yeah, that, that does look like it could be virus syndrome. Get Medtech Olufsen to check. And the last one? One moment. How's it going? Just doing some thrilling secondary diagnostics. How's your day? The Medtech at the company has broken his finger. So we're both dealing with really heavy stuff? Sarcasm. It's early in the day. It's almost like it's my default setting, isn't it? Yeah. So I need a medic to come with me. Routine health checks on army personnel. Fancy a day trip? Ah, now this wouldn't be the base where what's his name worked, would it? I wish I'd never told you about that. Well, I've got to meet him. Give me two minutes. See ya. And there is a query regarding your former supervoc, SV-66. The secondment? Yeah, you can cover that, can't you? I shall deal with their inquiry. Thanks. Thank you, Medtech Chenka. Enjoy your trip. <laughs> Can't believe we flunked that one. Uh, you still got an 87% success rate. I'm the one looking at getting thrown out if I mess up again. It's your own fault. What do you mean by that? Well... When you led the missile challenge, you refused to ask SV-22 for intel. Not surprising we went boom that time. I'm not trusting my life to a robot in real life, so why should I in the simulations? The robots are on our side, mate. They go for lugging ammo around and setting up bases, but I don't want advice from one. Did a Vok upset you as a kid or something? I'll tell you what did upset me. 
My old man losing his job to one of those metal mannequins. So now we get to the root of it. Oh yeah, ain't you a regular psychiatrist? So now you know. And you shouldn't be that relaxed about them. There's a meeting next week. A, a discussion about how these things are a threat in everyday life. A threat?! Well, I'll just look at the leaflet, funny guy. Sons of Cowdor. You don't want to go to this meeting. That lot are crazier than hungry sandworms. Alright, look if you want. I will. Look, I don't care about your personal views. Just what you do here. So do me a favor and keep it to yourself until I graduate, okay? The base should be below us. Can't see anything. That's because it's underground. Ooh, a bunker. Love a good bunker. Nice landing. Oh, was that a sarcasm? No, I wasn't doing it then. But now we just wait. For what? For them to take us down. You'd never know any of this was here. The beauty of concealment. Hello, I'm Captain Roche. And I'm the commanding officer here. Welcome, Overtech Chenka. Hello. And I've brought a medic. This is Medtech Chenka. Oh, any relation? Ah, oh, you'd think, wouldn't you? Liv. She's my sister. So you're Captain Roche? Yes. Why? No reason. So, Captain, how many soldiers are here? Only 20. Cadets. It's a small training facility run by the company. We test out new protocols, new training exercises. And if the cadets pass? Well, they join the regular army. If they want to, of course. Caldor hasn't had a war in years. That sounds like a lot of sitting around, waiting. I'm sure they're training continuously, if... Yes, that's right. We have to be prepared. A sleeping army is a dead army, as they say. Good morning, and welcome to Kinsoft Peak Training Base. Hello. How many robots are here? Twelve. One Supervoc, eleven Vox. Uh, we use them for heavy lifting, setting up camps, all the grunt work. But you can't use them for fighting? Uh, no. Their constrainers stop them from harming a person. And if we remove them, well, it might be very useful, but it also might be hard to stop them killing the wrong people. They do have some constrainers lifted, so they can assist us in causing harm to other people, for instance. And we have upgraded them for advanced strategics, haven't we, Overtech Chenka? We're testing out a new strategic on SV-22 here. What's a strategic, exactly? Software for decision-making during combat scenarios. This is Barracks Room 1. Inside you will find five cadets awaiting their medical. And Barracks Rooms 2 to 4 along the corridor house the other cadets. Is there anything you need? No, I should be all right. I'll get on then, shall I? See you in a bit. Captain Roche. Thank you, V90. Would you like sugar with your coffee, Overtech Chenka? No, thanks. What's with the bunting? Oh, yesterday it was one of the cadets' birthdays. Let's take a seat, shall we? So, how have you been, Tula? It's probably best we keep things professional, don't you think, Captain Roche? Call me Carlin, please. 
Every minute of every day here is me keeping things professional. I won't lie and say I don't look forward to your monthly visit. Stops me going up the wall. I like seeing you too. But things move on. Such a shame. It was a mistake. A wonderful, lovely mistake, but a mistake nonetheless. So SV-22 has had the new strategics fitted for, what, 18 days now? How are things going? Oh, you mean apart from me constantly finding it odd that she has your voice? Apart from that. Well, she shows increased battle knowledge. It shows increased battle knowledge. Her planning has become very impressive. No longer waiting for commands, but piecing together strategy on her own. She makes combat decisions, deployment decisions. Great. And have you tested the hierarchy protocol? Not yet. It's on our list for next week. But all in all, she's very impressive. That's good to hear. If the first cadet wants to step forward, at ease. Hello, I'm Medtech Livchenka. Cadet Heron. Do you have a first name? Rax. Right, Rax. I'm sure you know the drill. I'm going to check you over with the Mediscan. It'll report everything from oxygen level to liver function to arterial flow, and then I'll be able to tell if you're alive. <laughs> How long have you been here? 14 months. So you must be, what, nearly ready to graduate? Yeah. Well... If my overall score is 85% or above, otherwise I'll probably end up working in a factory. At least you won't get shot at. You're not like most medtechs. Hmm. A lot of people say that. Now, you're done, Rax. All fine. Thanks. Next! Hang on, shouldn't there be five of you? Where's the fifth cadet? You don't need to know that. I said... What does it matter? Not that it matters. Ain't exactly gonna graduate. Erase our conversation, computer. <sighs> Stupid machine. Oh! Oh. Medtech Chenka, may I be of assistance? Yes, you could stop waiting outside doors. Have you finished your assessments? Yes. Ah, uh, no. There's one cadet who I didn't get to see. They said he's called... Frenton Cal? Cadet Private Cal should be in his dormitory. Well, he wasn't. Otherwise, I'd have assessed him. I will locate Cadet Private Cal. Thank you. You do that. I'll just wait here, shall I? I hope you can stay for lunch before heading back. Yeah, sure. I don't know how long Liv's going to be anyway. Do they still serve that brown splodgy stuff? <laughs> I think how we feel having it day in, day out. Honestly, the monotony of life in a training camp is quite something. Would you consider applying for off-world duties? It might be more action. I, I don't think so. You've had a bad experience on Valios. That was a long time ago. Fourteen years and three months. I'm sure you read my file. Mm, I had to. 
as part of assessing the base's suitability, we had to know you were sympathetic to operating with a supervog. Of course. How could I not be? One kept me alive, shielded me as space debris. It ripped its body to pieces, but it still held onto me. I stared at its dead face for hours until I was rescued. I've never quite felt ready to go back to surface. What's that? Cat one alarm. We're under attack. Hello? What does that mean? Should I be running for my life or something? Hello? I'm not hanging around to find out. Situation report. Scanning for the cause of the alarm. The alarm sounded because there is a fire in the records room. Dispatch V55 and V28 to deal with it. I understand. This could be an act of sabotage. Initiate lockdown protocols. Oh! oh. Sorry. Oh, oh, that's okay. You're right. Yeah! What's going on? Oh, well, whatever it is, they've got it under control. Hey, I didn't see you for a medical, did I? What? Friend and Cal, you were missing from your dorm. So? Well, I don't know much about army life, but I, I thought you were all supposed to do stuff together, en masse, you know, like a family, one big, happy, trained to kill family. Uh, you're mistaken. I was there. You assessed me. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Wait! Where are you going? I see the internet's gone down again. Well, if that's the case, then uh, you have been listening to a big Finnish production. Oh, the ink. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Can anyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're good.